This is MockCast, the best place to catch up on what's going on with Mock Convention 2020. Because the world is waiting for your generation to lead. We all have a role to play in sustaining the greatness of America. Hello and welcome to our 10th episode of MockCast, your one-stop shop for everything you've ever wanted to know about Mock Convention 2020. Today we have with us our brilliant and intrepid speakers chair, Victoria Morgan. Hi, Victoria. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Victoria, like Lane said. I'm a senior here at WNL, Strategic Communications and Art History double major. Um, and I'm really excited to be here. I feel like all the episodes I've listened to of the New York Times, the Daily, have really paid off. And I'm going to try <laughs> to channel my best to Michael Barbaro here today. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm sure you're going to outdo Michael. So outside of who the nominee will be, and John gets asked that all the time, who the speakers will be and who's coming to Lexington for the convention is definitely one of our most frequently asked questions. So, Victoria, how does the speaker allocation process work? Where does it all start? Where does the magic happen? So, we're obviously tasked with picking speakers that engage and excite the student body. Um, I truly have an excellent speakers committee. Shout out to Caitlin Reardon and Henry Ashley. I was hired for the position sophomore winner, um, not really knowing what I was getting into, but was ecstatic. So speakers, as you said, are a huge part of mock convention as they're the main programming pretty much until the roll call vote on Saturday afternoon. Um, And with that being said, our team really began researching and thinking over the summer about what we wanted our speaker lineup to look like. And with this research, we developed a more in-depth strategy. And a large part of this strategy is what issues are prevalent in the Democratic Party. So being part of the political department really helps my team in this area because they are truly in the weeds of that research and what issues are prevalent um, in the Democratic Party and what kind of speakers would be at the real DNC. Anna Renault, the platform chair who was on last week's episode, was a huge help. Um, I met with her early September to chat about you know what issues the platform was focusing on, and she had some great ideas for speakers for me, and it's just really helpful to have all these different departments to bounce ideas off of. Really at the heart of our process is the research, and researching individuals that could cater to these specific issues, you know, such as gun control, foreign policy, women's rights, etc. Because we really want to make sure we're hitting all of those points of the Democratic Party platform and bringing in people that are not just relevant and exciting, but can cater to specific issues. We sort of cast a wide net and just hope for the best. And I think flexibility is really a key thing. Um, And we have to go back to the drawing board a number of times, but that's just part of our process. And I have to say, from everything I've seen and still look forward to everyone getting to see in February, it has really, really paid off. And and y'all just done such a phenomenal job of not only getting the most emblematic speakers of the Democratic Party, but covering every single aspect from policy positions to even leanings within the party. Um, and it's been really cool to watch from afar. So, Victoria, what about finding Democratic speakers is maybe different than a Republican convention? And then also, what makes this kind of 2020 cycle really interesting for the speaker's acquisition process? Obviously, you know, every MotCon cycle is different, and this one is especially different since it's Democratic. I think the immense amount of candidates in the race hugely impacted our process and the field of individuals as a whole. Um, My team set the internal goal to bring in a diverse range of views, ages, topics, genders, you name it. For this convention, so as to educate and excite the student body, as we certainly keep that in mind with every step of our process, that's really our core um, value. And additionally, something that was different about this cycle is that the speakers committee is usually anywhere from six to ten people, but I decided to keep mine smaller. Um, You know, we just decided to readjust. A fun fact, too, is that my sister, older sister Caroline, um, was also a member of the speakers committee in 2012. So we 
looked at what 2016 did and how they approached the process, but then we also looked at a lot of political events, you know, that had happened between then and now. So one key one was the 2018 midterm elections, and we really paid attention to the key players and the individuals that that brought into the limelight. Um, additionally, the Democratic Party has historically been more inclusive when it comes to diversity of all kinds, so this presented us with a unique opportunity to invite all kinds of exciting people and really get creative. Um, I alluded to it previously, but I think flexibility is the biggest and most important part of our job. We received a lot of unexpected hurdles throughout the speaker acquisition process, and from unexpected no's to, you know, impeachment, um, <laughs> a lot of things that we didn't anticipate. But at the end of the day, it's helped us to really solidify what we want the convention to look like and what we want the speakers to look like. All right, Victoria, at the ripe age of 22, did you ever expect to be so well-versed in legalese and all of the minutia of contract law? Yeah, so beyond just, you know, developing our strategy and creating our docket of who we want for the weekend, there's a lot of other smaller logistics that go into the speaker acquisition process, like contracts and their travel accommodations and where they'll stay when they're in Lexington, um, right down to what kind of stuff they want in the green room. You know, if they want Evian versus Dasani water or <laughs> if they want to, you know, travel by car or if they're flying in from New York. Um, so it's all these little things that I guess I didn't realize at the onset um, when I was hired for this position. Um, but it's been a great learning experience to see what else goes into it because it's more than just the surface of, oh, we think they'd be a great fit, you know, let's invite them. Um, and there's a lot of working with their calendar. And if, you know, someone can't speak in the one thirty session on Friday, but they can speak at 7 p.m. or if we need to create a special section. So like I said, it's a lot of flexibility, a lot of constant communication with all members, you know, everyone that helps us get speakers physically to the stage, um, because there's a lot more that goes into that than what appears on the surface, I would say. Victoria, your role is so multifaceted, and it's fascinating to watch you do it because you're so great at it. Why, as we engage in this political process and try as students and as citizens to be more cognizant of what's going on in politics, why does speakers appeal to you? Like, why did you... Why do you think that this is integral to putting on a convention? I love my job so much because it benefits the larger student body and community of Washington and Lee. You know, I spend a lot of time spe picking speakers that I think and my committee thinks would be a good fit. But at the end of the day, it's not about what I want. It's about what is most beneficial to everyone that's going to be in the audience over the course of those two days. You know, it's a 2,000 person plus the live streaming audience um, audience and so it's more about what is most beneficial to all of them and goes back to the what issues and what topics do we want covered because at the end of the day, this whole event that we spend years working on is not just to promote political efficacy and political literacy and celebrate, you know, what we're all able to do. And this event is so unique to Washington and Lee. We're celebrating the acumen of the student body and everything Washington and Lee has to offer. It's about the four years that it takes to put on and the legacy and traditions that we are carrying on in our roles and that we will pass on to future generations. Um, and it's, I'm really grateful that it's something that I got to be part of, you know, no one will deny that this whole process is a lot of headaches and some stress at some times, but at the end of the day, it's it's worth it to say that you were a part of it and that you had an impact in it because you know that if you go anywhere and meet a Washington and Lee alum, one thing, if you can't bond over anything else. If it's not fancy dress. Yeah, if it's not fancy dress, you know, you can bond over MotCon. It's also just because of how much work goes into it and the fact that it's such a rare thing, both within our campus and without, it really is the thing that ties us all together as a WL community. We are starting our speaker release tomorrow, 
And Victoria, as we sit in this very intimate space, somewhere in somebody's car radio or in their AirPods, can you please tell us, can you give us more details? What can you share? One event I'm particularly excited for, it's not part of the official um, programming for the weekend for Friday and Saturday, um, but it is still going to be a really crucial event to the overall weekend, is Thursday night we're having a media panel, so the night before convention begins. When we are planning our speakers and strategy for the weekend, we wanted to incorporate the media realm in some way, shape, or form, because media has become such a ubiquitous portion of everyday life for everyone. Um, So our team felt our speaking program would not be complete without it. So in addition, you know, to promoting political efficacy, we also wanted to promote media literacy, something that's so important in this day and age, whatever industry or facet of life, you know, you're entering into um, post WNL. So two of the members of the panel are actually alumni of WNL, which is super cool. And our team is super excited about it because they're both leaders in their respective media fields. And then we also have a celebrity media professional that is to be announced at a later date. So stay tuned for that. The media panel, you know, is the perfect kickoff for the weekend. And it's definitely an event that you don't want to miss. Um, So I hope to see everybody there. In addition to all the other speakers for the weekend, um, I'm really looking forward to it. It's approaching fast and it'll be here before we know it. Well, Victoria, you masterfully didn't drop any names or pronouns. So that was, that was, that was good. Um, I was, I was hoping you were going to, but everyone will just have to stay tuned. So for all of our listeners out there who want to know what other amazing speakers we'll be bringing to campus in a couple weeks, please sign up for the Mock Convention newsletter and subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me and for supporting me up to this point. Couldn't do it without support team, as I said previously. And I'm really excited for everybody else to see what we've been working on and for people to stop asking me um, what speakers we're bringing to campus. Yeah, that'd be a big one. <laughs>